Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and otherwise, and welcome to the Daily Brain Bleed. My name is Jeff. And I'm Tucker. Hang on a minute. Hang on one second. What color is your hair? Uh, red. <laughs> so as, as you have probably gathered from the initial vocalization, uh, Tucker is in fact not with us today. It is solely me and a guest from the last, what was it, like one or two weeks ago on the pod, mm-hmm. um, a Mr. Turner. Welcome yes. back, sir. Yes, it is me, Turner. I have, having successfully Tanya Hardinged Tucker out of this podcast, <laughs> no, he'll be back next week. I'm just uh, happy to fill in and, and have a great time talking about a movie. Uh, hopefully, we will get around to talking about a movie at some point and in some, uh, in some detail. Uh, wow. You know, this is, uh, I, I want to I take a second to bring some heat on a, a, a seasonal issue, which is pollen. <laughs> and the fact that it is just ramrodding my entire body with just awful, awful, horrible feelings. I've basically felt like I've been sick for about the last week and a half, and it has nothing to do with my immune system whatsoever. Yeah, if you don't live in like the American Southeast, it's really hard to describe the, the like the ways in which Mother Nature just really really tries to convey the message that you should not be here right now and how just completely and blatantly millions of us ignore it every year. Um, and our, our, our penance is the last two weeks of absolute pain and misery. And so it, it, it makes me wonder, you know, back in the day, like way back in the day, ye old metaphorical day, uh-huh. how, how people responded to this type of thing. It's like, Oh yeah. When the seasons change, I just die. Yeah. I just, you know, I have a hard time imagining that. I mean, you know, like we've got medicine and stuff like I, I'll take a Mucinex or us. a Claritin or whatever. But like, I mean, relative to the capital B, <laughs> the day. But, yeah. uh, you know, I think that largely it probably hasn't changed that much. I mean, people are just like, well, guess I'm miserable now. OK, well, at least at the end of this, it's going to be blazing hot for the next three months. <laughs> Maybe that's where the phrase spring fever comes from. It's possible. Uh, it's just literally when stuff would start to bloom, people thought they were getting sick. What? Um, wow. I cannot confirm if that's true or that's not. That's amazing. Um, I hope it is. Don't Google it. Uh, just take our word for it. Because if you Google everything we say on this podcast, you're going to be disappointed <laughs> really fast. Um, I, that's a good rule of thumb for, I think, most podcasts. Hashtag not all podcasts. Not my podcast. <laughs> not my podcast. <laughs> not my president. Okay. So this week, Turner and I both agreed that we were going to consume... Whiplash. Now, those of you who are long-standing fans of the show, again, I will mention, I am not a fan of watching movies about musicians, yet here I am doing my second think piece on movies about musicians. So, you know, you either die the hero or live long enough to become the villain. And so, you know, before we get into some of the more, uh, like, cerebral kind of discussion of uh, some of the deeper material here. What do you, what do you think about the flick just overall? How, how does it sit with you? Like when you finished it? Yeah. I mean, I, I like this movie and, and that's, that surprises a lot of people. Um, just because, you know, like Jeff, I am a, a, a music professional, I guess, um, a music educator sort of in general. Um, and I, it, so people are surprised by this because the, the movie is about a very mean music quote teacher close quote so uh, in general i really like the movie i think it's i think it's beautiful i think jk simmons is is immense in this movie i mean he literally won an oscar for it um i think the soundtrack is super super cool we will kind of come to that later maybe um is who is miles teller is he the yeah he's uh the lead yeah the the student (laughs) uh, character yeah 
Um, so my my opinion, I got to the end. First of all, my my first quip with this movie is I do not like the ending. No, it sucks. The yeah. ending, like, wicked sucks. Wicked sucks. And it's, like, the worst redemption arc I've ever seen in my entire life. Because he stands up to him, which, first of all, they literally would have just, like, cut the mics and killed the lights. And yeah. been like, yo, yeah. what the fuck is this yeah. kid doing? Yes. So, like, no. Also, very weird form for a drum solo. Yeah. In that they were playing Caravan. And then he stops for like four full minutes. Yeah. And then they come back and play more like a, a stab at the end just after this ridiculous drum solo. And then the band leader needs to come over and like slow him down and speed him back. Like it makes zero percent contextual sense as a musician. Yeah, no, it you really just like how you shouldn't Google any of the facts that we tell you. You definitely like this is not how jazz bands work no. uh, in this one specific way. It's just complete. It's just complete bullshit. Like it's just totally made up. But so, I mean, I think that the, the action and like all of the rise and fall of the thing up to that point was good. Um, I really liked how they gave, uh, Fletcher's character kind of this duplicitous moment at the end where you think he's come around and he's chill and then he just bleh, like that was really good yeah. I really felt that in the gut and everything like that it's a real they had us in the first half so yeah of. they they did very much <laughs> very have us much in the first half. Half. and and then it's yeah yeah very much had us in the first half and and you get this kind of like really cool like sort of fake redemption moment and then they ruin that like with the movie ruins it with a pseudo a, real a, redemption like, yeah moment. like a yeah. weirdly I, I guess redemptive sort of thing at the end, but yeah, it so the it kind of cheapens the whole thing, which does kind of suck. But you know, there's a reason it's winning, uh, you know, uh, awards for individual performances and like audio editing and stuff, yeah, and not yeah, like yeah, yeah. best screenplay because this kind of thing just honestly doesn't make any damn sense. Um, but so I mean, like to to summarize how I felt about the movie, uh, you know, just in general, I, I thought it was really enjoyable, and there's definitely like a lot of moments, like you know, when you watch. Um, Teller's character with um, with his love interest, mm -hmm. Nicole, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just like watching him kind of like completely make an ass of himself and yeah. then try to come back around. And then it is too late. And she moved on. And it's like, that's what you get, bud. Yeah. You know, like reap what you sow. And so like the, it it nails a couple of those things. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of things it nails when he gets T-boned <laughs> by, uh, by the semi and then stumbles on stage like dripping blood with a concussion yes and stuff. Like, definitely concussed yeah um you know as someone who's been running rehearsals for a long time mm -hmm. i've seen kids come into rehearsal in some rough shape before yes, yes if if i ever saw a child walk towards me with that stature i would just be like don't they would not make it to the drum set yeah <laughs> i'd just be like what happened to you yeah my man stumbled <laughs> off the uh the set of amc's the walking dead and back into <laughs> like a song about a duke ellington standard you know yeah no it's uh it's it's nutty for sure and so i mean i think it's one of these where if you watch this film and you want to see good individual acting and you're also not hugely critical of movies about musicians you're gonna have a good time with it yeah. and i remember the critical reception like you know right when it actually came out in 2014 like you know i the critics liked it and then i had some friends who weren't like super big musicians that were all like oh my gosh this is such a good movie blah 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 and you can definitely get wrapped up in it in that way like jk simmons you know like you said he is a force yeah this is this was definitely you know just like a canvas for him to say cocksucker and as many <laughs> slurs as he could fit in to an hour and 40 minutes yeah and he's a super convincing evil person you know this is a this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart you the listener uh you know, podcasting is a visual medium so you don't know that i am bald but uh as a 
And so that's a kind of recent development in my life. You know, I'm, I'm sort of just yeah. You, had, my you had long hair when I met you. I did, and it looked like butt. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and no one told me, and I'm still mad at all of you. But the uh, you know the the bald uh, the bald villain industrial complex got another <laughs> couple good years out of uh, Mr. Simmons's. Frankly, it's it's horrifying. I mean, as a, a you know, we've both been through music programs our whole lives. You know, we we work in them now. Um, you know, you maybe at a little bit higher level, like doing a master's and all that stuff. I, I think that it really is fascinating how the script is written to just distill all of the worst parts of all the teachers, not even the worst teachers, all the teachers I've ever seen into one person. <laughs> like, it's truly amazing. You combine that with some like apocryphal stuff about like Buddy Rich and people like that being just horrible, horrible Bad people. people. Yeah. Horrible people. And you get, you know, this like, solid two hours of J.K. Simmons, who by all accounts is a really sweet dude, uh, just brutalizing like everyone on set. Yeah, it's no, crazy. I, I choose to believe that half of the insults, especially the scene I'm thinking of is when he has the three drummers in the room by themselves, just swapping them back and forth. Yeah. They couldn't have written that. Oh, they no. had to just let him go, yeah. and they did takes on that for like four hours. <laughs> it's yeah. just him progressively getting more genuinely pissed. Yeah. I mean, I read that, like, you know, apparently he was super sensitive. I mean, he's a professional actor, right? So he kind of knows what's up. But, you know, apparently he was like super sensitive to this and was just like a real sweetie, you know, the rest of the time, almost like too much on purpose just to kind of keep it. Oh, I would keep feel it loose, keep it light. I would feel horrible about this. Like, I, I find that akin to like, uh, you know, if you were working on the set of an adult film like there's there's you know an amount of like poise you're gonna have uh -huh. after you get done like you yep. know, raw dogging somebody in front of a camera <laughs> for two hours and you're like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna have some aplomb now yeah about me stiff upper lip and all that yeah shut up <laughs> low-hanging fruit okay so i mean um the the first thing that i would like to say is for the most part um Miles Teller, I don't know if he actually has a music background or not. The guy who plays Andrew, he does a fairly convincing job a lot of the time. Like he's yeah. not nailing every single thing that's happening in the track. Yeah. But like in general, the the roots are there. Yeah, like you can the, believe it. Yeah, it's it's viable at the very least. And so like I'll take that and then um the like the dude sitting in on horns i'm less critical of that but like you know it's also less visual in that like if you're yeah. wiggling your fingers it usually looks close yeah ish yeah um the the number one thing about this film that's the hardest to swallow as a drummer is the amount of hand bleeding that happens because <laughs> there's a ask about there's that, a actually. major like several very prominent practice scenes where he's shedding which again a lot of um like a lot of precedent for that in terms of like, you know, if you ever talk to like jazz players or yep. whatever, they're like, yeah, you got to go get in the shed and spend your time and do that. And like, you know, I get it. And they depicted it well. But if your hands are doing that much bleeding while you're trying to play caravan, you have bad technique, you have bad technique. And you also just need to stop playing caravan. Yeah. Just go outside, touch grass and like <laughs> listen to another song. Call, call like a priest, <laughs> call a rabbi, call your like, mom, like anybody. Yeah. Uh, you know, anybody that you can get a hold of and be like, why am I this bad? <laughs> because I've, I've been playing drums for a long time and I've like, I've gotten some blisters and like, you know, when I've been playing like four mallets way too high for a really long time, you can get a little blood, but like the type of, the type of shit you see where there's just, <laughs> just like four band-aids on him and he's dunking his hand in the ice water. That is not real. That yeah. does not happen. 
And, you know, I, I really there are other ways you could have portrayed that struggle. For I sure. Think. I think I think really, you know, if I were to just kind of give away the whole crux of this episode in, in the next 10 seconds, please keep listening. But I will say that this is a this is a movie about musicians that is not for musicians like less than even a normal movie about a musician sure. would be. And so I think that's a great example. You know, I mean, I'm not a drummer. You know, I played a little bit in some basketball pep band in my life, but that's pretty much it. You know, I'm a, I'm a wind player by, by training and, and by practice. And I think that, you know, there, there can't like just, I just want to second everything, but it's just, this movie is not, it's not for Jeff and I, it really isn't. And so no. the fact that like, we really can even get what, like an eight out of 10 out of it, like, oh, you're you're a very nice man. I mean, I would say up until the ending, I gave it a solid seven and a half ending, pushed sure. it down to a six and a half. Yeah, me. no, I think that's more than fair. I'm just uh, I, frankly, there are just less data points in my sort of catalog of, fair. of movies. Fair. But, uh, you know, it, it, it is something that I enjoy. And it's a it's a it's like an, a, an atmosphere I liked being in. And that's not going to be possible if you just are less capable of separating your like work from your mm -hmm. personal enjoyment as you know, than maybe I could be at sometimes. Sure. Um, the, the other scene that I, that I want to talk about briefly before we start making some bigger points was when, uh, when Andrew is at dinner with his whole family yes. and they start talking about, it and he's like, it's division three. <laughs> like, and he just starts <laughs> ripping his, I, I think they're brothers yeah. or cousins or yeah. something. No, I think he starts all... ripping these family members just to pieces. Yeah. And it's just, it's really good. The chemistry between everyone in this film is just really, really palpable and it's really good. It is. That's something, honestly, that, like, you know, you, you g could get from being in a, in a jazz band, from being in a small musical ensemble. Like, that is a, that's a very, there's a reason it's called an ensemble cast when you have a group of actors who are doing a great job all together. I mean, those two things are, are compatible. And I really think that, you know, there really aren't a whole lot of weak points from that standpoint in this movie. Yeah. Um, one, one more problem. Sorry, I'm just I'm going through it. And every time I think, OK, I think I've articulated myself. Yeah. I remember something else dumb that Jeff happens. just watched this movie today. I did, in fact, consume this film this morning. Yes, I have seen this movie a couple times, most <laughs> recently, like, if, like, you know, sometime over the last summer of the pandemic. But uh, it is important to note it is extremely fresh. It's it's pretty, brain. It, it's pretty it's pretty in there. So the scene when Fletcher walks in on the lower band and is just like calling random measure numbers. And just having Ugh. people play and then yelling at them. And then when he sexually harasses the first uh, the first sax player. Yeah. Um, that doesn't happen. There are auditions. And then additionally, like, he doesn't care. Like, if you're actually, like, a big shit deal at a school, the lower band does not exist to you. You do not care about them. Correct. Until they are brought before you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're not just going to... Like just walk into, you know, remedial yeah. math and be like, all right, are there any astrophysicists in here? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's not how that works. Yeah. You will be presented with the fully formed minimal, like at minimum, excellent players. And then from those, you pick the truly great ones. The hot dogs. Yeah. yeah exactly. And so that was <laughs> the, hot, the hot dogs, man. You got to pick, got to pick the brats from You got to the... get your ballpark Franks in there. <laughs> got an ensemble full of brats. And bring me the, yeah. Um, also, uh, the, the first scene when we see Fletcher interact with his band and it's just, just potty mouth, McPotty mouth, mm -hmm. um, that isn't, well, so I mean, okay, so there's some older jazz groups and like, you know, if you hear recounts of people talking about like, 
uh, you know, someone who gets brought up a lot in the movie, John Coltrane. Buddy and, Rich uh, also. Yeah, you know, like they they had some words, but I'm sorry if you are a professor at a conservatory you do not walk in yeah. and just start dropping that shit yeah yeah you don't you're if you teach it definitely not juilliard uh like in the movie i forget actually 100 percent not juilliard yeah. but uh i forget what they actually call it but it's just like oh yeah this definitely is not the juilliard school yeah i mean you don't you just don't like it's just you don't do that even the worst least respectful like teachers and band leaders that's just you know, maybe, I mean, everybody blows up every once in a while, but like, that's not your MO. Like, you, no, you just no, no, roll no, no. up and like every four letter word in the book, and then some frankly pretty creative ones I hadn't heard before. There, there is, I mean, I, I will tell you, if you're looking to get better at insulting people, <laughs> this is a good film for you. You can yeah, take notes. It's a good touchdown. Um, but yeah, no, so I mean, like, that's, that is nothing. And then also, speed is not the hill upon which musicians die. Yeah. His whole thing is like, oh, you got to play faster. You got to play faster. And it's like, Okay, bud, like double time swing is not like Mount Olympus, all right? Like <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. You can play like Cherokee or whatever you want, but sure. like, it doesn't live and die by whether or not you can play rides like swing ride at like, you know, two ten. Two, yeah. two ten or yeah. three thirty. Yeah. Which like, okay, whatever. Whatever, man. That's um, not even real. Like, you know, that's, that's one sixty five. You're yeah. you're just Congrats speaking in double time. We're, yeah. we're speaking in beats per minute here for those of you uninitiated. But uh like three hundred and thirty beats per minute. I mean, think about that. Like your pulse is measured in beats per minute. And imagine your pulse going at three hundred and thirty beats per minute. You would be on the ground having with some sort of attack of some kind. I would like to attempt to raise my heart rate <laughs> to 330 <laughs> because I'm pretty sure it would actually be visual at that point. You would be able to watch. Yeah, like, like Looney Tunes style, like, pop, like a heart shape <laughs> popping out of your chest like your Bugs Bunny who just saw a pretty lady or something. Yeah, 330s, this quick. That's quick. It's, <laughs> it's, conservatively, <laughs> I would call that quick, yes. Yeah. Um, I think the, uh, I mean, there's, and, and it's not to say like, again, I, I think we both like this movie. Uh, it's just like the, the whole thing, man, is, is just, it's hard. It is hard to, to separate something like this when it's so clearly about, especially for you, what you do, like, and for me, just about music and like music rehearsal and like in a classroom atmosphere in general, it's, yeah. it's just hard. It's just hard. So it's entirely possible that you, dear listener, will have seen or will go see this movie, which you should do. It's a good movie. It's worth yeah, watching. Yeah, check it out. Um, and, and then just be like, wow, what the hell were those guys on about? They're so like up their own butts about it. And that's just like, it's just kind of hard to explain. Like if you are, you know, if you work in chemistry and you, you watch like, a movie about science, yeah, you yeah. watch a movie about like Marie Curie and like, well, no, that's not how that happened. But I'm like, wow, fun movie, cool acting. You know, yeah, like exactly. it's just, it's just one of those things where because we are blursed <laughs> with this expertise, blessed and cursed. Oh, gotcha, we're gotcha, very gotcha. blursed with this like <laughs> musical expertise and, and, you know, living a musical life. It's just, uh, it's just different and, uh, it's just different. So let's talk a little bit about why Fletcher is a bad teacher. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that because I feel like there is a not insignificant amount of people who would walk away from this and they see Fletcher as this, incredible educator yeah. this true like oh, shaper God. of young minds and stuff not. like yeah. that and so like the first thing that i would like to say <laughs> preach on jeff is almost nothing that he does in the entire film actually takes a problem and solves it yes 
Like there's no teaching that actually happens. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm speaking even more pragmatically about like, oh hey, I lost my sticks. Oh hey, I lost my music. Oh hey, the way that you fix that is just okay. Obviously, we need to talk about responsibility, but how do I make it right right now? Especially yes. when you're if you're at a contest or something, mm-hmm. you're not gonna just be like, well, figure it the like. Yeah. No, you're just gonna be like, yeah. <laughs> all right, let's. Let's let's make it work. Yeah, like let's get it together. Absolutely. I mean, I think that like Jeff and I worked together in a, in a pretty sizable high school program, high school band program, and uh, you know that really is my entire life. It's just like identify the points of issue, whether that is I forgot my music, I forgot my reads, I'm not here. I like you know obviously someone's not telling you they're not here, but you're like, hey, where's Johnny? You know, you got to figure out where Johnny yeah. is, or you know on an even more macro level, like, do we have facilities? Do we have the stuff that we need to do what we have to do to be able to even start to think about teaching the children? And yeah, like that that's your job. That's the whole thing. That's literally the whole thing. Is I mean, that is what it is. It is observing issues and then fixing them with hopefully as little like interruption to anything else that's going on as possible. And so like, it just, I mean, and it's obviously, it's like doing a comedic impression of someone's voice, right? Like you're going to take the things that make the most impact and you're going to, just multiply them times a hundred. And then there you go. You've got your comedic voice going on, like your really thick, dumb Southern accent or quote, dumb close quote, a Southern accent or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and so that this is much the same where it takes the, the very basic concept of what it actually means to run a group of people and try and coordinate them to do something all at the same time and completely blows it up. And then you get this, this crazy performance out of it. And so even with, even if, even if Thatcher, not Thatcher, Fletcher, <laughs> I'm sure somehow we can make this about Brexit, but no, uh, you, you just, you got your mind on, uh, got your mind on British politics. I guess, bit? I guess I got my, my, my minds on my money and my money on my minds. That's a, that's yep. your joke. Uh, so anyway, so, uh, you know, even if Fletcher were the nicest dude on earth, he could have been the Dalai Lama and he still would have failed. Would have been a horrible teacher. Yes, because yeah. the, there's no uh, even attempt to, to like set the students up to succeed or even improve in any like conceivable way. Yeah. I, I love that phrase, set the students up to succeed because that's like, that's the whole gig is it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you should have an innate desire to watch your pupils accomplish whatever they want to accomplish. And it's your job to help get them there. Yeah. And so, you know, like you are the facilitator of that success and whatever that means, whatever they need from you. It's not about, you know, like I taught the lesson and they didn't learn it. So that's their fault. It's like, right. no, if you taught the lesson and they didn't learn it, you didn't teach it the way they needed to hear it. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, like sometimes that's going to look different. And sometimes that goes against kind of a generational tension that I'm going to bring up a little in a little bit between like, you know, kind of modern approaches to teaching and you know, adolescence and stuff versus like some older school approaches. And Fletcher is 100% the old school, which is just you amp pressure mm-hmm. and you stress. amp stress. And then the idea is like, you're basically trying to form diamonds out of coal. Yeah. And you know, if you break people along the way, like the, uh, the larger mm-hmm. gentleman who was playing trombone yes. and he was like, you know, go get a happy meal <laughs> and send him out. And then, and then Brutal. after the dude leaves, he cuts him from the band. He's like, he wasn't out of tune, but that's bad enough. It's like, you, you can't just throw people out of your band for no reason. And that is, it's nothing. Yeah. It's it, nothing. It's, it is, it is a nothing burger for, for nothing people. And, and I think that like <laughs> the, the other part of that is like, you know, so this this takes place in again the definitely not the Juilliard School uh, Conservatory of of Fine Arts and the 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 thought that like 
this is not a professional group of musicians is an important one to keep in mind when you think about all this. These this are is, students. Yeah, this is not like this is not like the New York Yankees of jazz. Like they're not professionals getting paid. I mean, they might be compensated in tuition or assistantships, things like that. I'll, I'll, without getting too deep in the weeds on that, I'll just move right on. But the important point is they're not professionals. They are, you know, at oldest no. late twenties. And even then, like you know, I'm sorry if you're if you're like if you win a symphony gig and you like really just blow it on a show. The, the maestro isn't going to stop right. and then like yell at you. Right. You're just going to be quietly dismissed after you're going to get a pink slip and you're, you know, you're out, yeah. you're out. And like, you know, that is what it is. It's a cutthroat business and there's a lot of people who want your spot. And there's not a lot of spots. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, that's a good point. But the thing is like, you know, that's not a good depiction of how the educational process should be. And, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, th I think if I could kind of the next step of that is every single person we've talked about so far, myself, Jeff. J.K. Simmons as this guy relies for their professional reputation on the performance of either children in our case or younger people in the case of the movie. And so it's yeah. like the, to circle back to setting students up for success. If you don't do that, people are going to think you suck at your job. Like the yeah. fact that the fact in this movie that another way that really breaks my immersion is like you just can't do the things that he does all the time, achieve success and still have a good reputation. It's no. not possible. It's, you just have to pick two of those things. Like, and there's only two of them that you should pick. It's just not possible. Well, the other thing that I would like to point out that's even, you know, maybe like a little bit of a hotter take the, the, the ends do not always justify the means when it comes to something like that. Correct. I'm sorry. You won the, big state jazz tournament, but three of your kids are going to have lasting psychological damage. Yeah. I'm sorry. You suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you suck shit and you should not have your job. Yeah. I like, mean, at, at its core, like music in general and teaching in general are, are both about, I mean, about, it's about trust. Like it just is. It's a fundamental like relationship of trust between, you know, a, a, a teacher, an instructor and, um, you know, a, a, a group of people, a group of young people, a group of professionals it doesn't matter. It's about trust. And like, if you, if that doesn't happen, then you, you're not going to be a good teacher. Your products will not be successful and you just, you won't have a good time. And I mean, even if you manage to pull out a couple clinchers, you know, like it's just it's not worth it. You can build something the wrong way. Like if you've ever built Ikea furniture without a manual, <laughs> you can force it together, but it's probably going to break. Yeah, sooner like, than it should. Yeah. And so that's that's like the whole thing is like when you build success correctly, when your approach to students is based on relationships and empathy, you're going to have, first of all, like your kids won't turn 24 and then kill themselves as yeah. is talked about in the movie and is like, yes. should very blatantly make it so that Fletcher is not a sympathetic character in any rights. He bullied one of his students so into becoming bad. a yeah. depressive mess who won an incredible position at Lincoln center and then killed themselves. Yeah. Like literally just quit your job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Why am I, yes. I'm just, I'm Go pissed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's, I mean, again, especially fresh for, for Jeff as he watched it this morning, but <laughs> yelling it, at uh, my TV and my cat just looking at me <laughs> like, are you okay? <laughs> for all these reasons, you get people who know like what we do or what other people who are musicians that like this movie do. And they're like, how can you like support that? And it's like, well, no, hold on a second. Like, there are there horrible people in teaching positions all over the world. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> do I wish they would quit and do something else? Yes, and leave the rest of us alone. Yes, of course. However, you just it, it is just such a caricature, and it, it it really speaks to to me like this thing in our 
like broader culture where like artistic pursuits and artistic excellence have kind of been like gamified so hard that this becomes believe like a performance like this by uh, J.K. Simmons becomes believable to so many people who don't have any exposure to this kind of thing. Yeah, sure. And, and so like it really like, you know, people buy this because it resembles maybe uh, you know, a, a real ass of a, of a boss or a manager that they have in their job yeah. as an accountant or on Wall Street or whatever, like doing something that, you know, is hard charging and, you know, the like quote, like the quote unquote rat race or whatever. Sure. Like the fact that, you know, we have such a, a, a weird relationship with the arts and arts education that a character like this becomes believable to some people. That is, I mean, that's a much larger diagnosis than for this podcast, but it is something to think about. And, and I would encourage, you know, if you haven't seen this movie and, and you haven't watched it already, uh, you should. And, and keep that in mind. You know, it's a good movie. It's This is not a manual. Like, this is not... It's it's just, like, don't watch this and go take your praxis exams. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to fail, bud. Like, you're going to fail. I, uh, that's like saying I watched Talladega Nights, and now I'm going to go audition for NASCAR. Wait a second. <laughs> is well, that I mean, not how that works? Uh, what, what number is on your car? Are you a professional now? Uh, 69, obviously. Fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> nice. I set it up. He dunks it. Um, so Sports. <laughs> This has been Sports with the Daily Brain Blade. Always got to get one. Always got to get one. You know it. Who was who was it that was playing the other day? Was it Liverpool? Yes, yes. So I'm a big uh, Liverpool football club supporter. Um, sorry, legacy supporter. Legacy supporter. Not, yeah. a, not a fan. Um, and yeah, I was... Uh, they, they <laughs> Jeff w- and I were hanging out uh, <laughs> with some of our friends and I was... They have a couple of games. He had the updates that are, uh, going. I was, I, well, I was literally streaming it on YouTube yeah, TV yeah, on my yeah. phone <laughs> while we were hanging out. It was pretty rude, so I would like to publicly apologize on this podcast. But they did win 3-0 and uh, they got to win their game on Sunday uh, to stay in the Champions League next year. But now this has really been sports with the Daily Brain Blade. Uh, go, go pool. Up the Reds. Go liver. I don't, what do you... Up the Reds. Oh, is that that's like literally what they say? Yeah. Up the Reds. Yeah. Is that like in reference to another team or is it just like uh no, it's so it's like their their color is red. Like they wear red red jerseys like traditionally. I mean it's yeah. a, it's a team from eighteen ninety two. They've been, you know, doing this for a while. So like up, you know, just like up the Reds means, you know, go Liverpool, like beat everybody else. Yeah, gotcha. I read it as like up, like you know, you know. Oh no, 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 no. Like up the like, reds. Like get up. You, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Okay, like, I got come you, on, I got you, you, okay. you lads in red or whatever. But yeah, fantastic. Well, there's your uh, content. There is your sports with the uh, with the daily brain bleed. I so I mentioned something of like a bit of a generational tension earlier, and I would like to kind of come back to that a little bit, please. Just in terms of like you know, uh, so you have kind of this educational philosophy from Fletcher's school of thought, which is you know. Miles Davis wouldn't have become Miles Davis if I think it was Joe Jones mm-hmm. hadn't thrown a symbol at his head <laughs> um, and like, you know, basically made him cry himself to sleep and stuff like that. And then you have uh, Andrew kind of very, very briefly uh, touches on kind of some modern philosophy when he's at dinner with Fletcher and he says something to the effect of, you know, well, what if that had discouraged Miles Davis mm-hmm. or sorry, not Miles Davis bird. You yeah, know, uh, Coltrane, Char- Charlie Parker, Charlie Parker. Did I just say Coltrane? Yeah. Am I okay? I don't know. I'm just it pulling is, jazz cats. It is. <laughs> my, let's remember some jazz guys. Yeah. Hey, let's just talk about some some, some guys some that played uh, played jazz. Um, so Thelonious Monk. No. 
Um, yeah. And so, you know, like, well, it, it wouldn't have actually discouraged him. And so like, that's the closest you get to this idea of like, you know, well, what about the people that we're underserving Correct. by following this model? And I think that that's like a big one, especially when you hear the discourse about like, oh, this generation wants a participation trophy and, you know, kind of the like stock hate on millennials thing where it's like, you know, oh, they need to be coddled and they're they're soft and stuff like that. And I'm guilty of feeling that from time to time as an educator, because, you know, I was I was taught a certain way mm -hmm. and I don't want to teach exactly like that. But you definitely do. You know, like if you get heated about something or you say something wrong like kids will take you to task for it now. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely like, you know, I've felt a little bit, not obviously I'm not like doing this, but I, I am not. I assure you. I hope, I hope you could hear my eyebrows raised at home, but uh, maybe you didn't. I'm, I'm not doing this. If I was doing this, I would not have a job. Hopefully. Um, but yeah, no. So, I mean, like there's definitely, it's still very relevant in education and especially in the arts. And, mm -hmm. you know, like I think I would think it like athletics as well and stuff like that. Yeah. Where, you know, like we spend hours and hours and hours with these kids mm -hmm. and, you know, we know all of them super well and we're trying to motivate them. We're trying to push them to be the best they can. And, you know, but you have to, you have to have a line. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and that that's a new evolution is just the fact that there should be a line, because if I push you and you break, that's not your fault. And it's also not the end. I am. That is my yeah. fault. Right. Because I pushed you too hard. Yeah. And I think I think there is, you know, as with most things, there is like a a a, a compromise to be reached where like, you know, it it it, it sort of necessarily can't always be like how are we feeling? What's going on? It, it has to be that sometimes, but like, I'm not like, we're not therapists. Like we're none of, neither of us are trained in that, like to do that all the time. So yeah. like you have to almost develop this sort of like symbiotic relationship with the groups that you work with where like, you just have to kind of be able to, to get a snap read on like the mood of the room and like the, the vibe of the group of people that you're in front of, especially when like for us, those people are adolescents and teenagers. Yeah. They don't know how to communicate and they have hormones yeah, they, and they, they, they have home lives. And yeah, they like truly don't, they could like, don't even really know what they're feeling like most of the time. And so, which I mean, you know, how hey, relatable, no, very, but I mean, it's not like we're like, you know, wise and old sages I'm, or anything. Yeah. But, I'm not, I'm, I'm still sussing it out just a little bit, you know? Yeah. But you know, you, you, you know enough to stay a couple steps ahead of the, of the team here. <laughs> yeah. And I don't just get mad at people when I'm hungry. <laughs> Just yeah, eat, you know, uh, high schoolers, a little suspect. Hungry. Yeah, yeah, and and so I think that like as with most things, I think that I what I have discovered through frankly a lot of trial and error. You know, it's just kind of like it, teachers are the only profession more so than comedians who just like bomb a lot. <laughs> like you know, you just have bad days all the time, and like no one really knows or cares. You just kind of have to keep going. But like you know, you bomb a lot, and that's how you learn. And so you, you kind of get to know in your specific situation, like where the students are coming from, what's their main stressor. Like, are there other things outside of the uh, of the room that I need to like be actively keeping track of to see how I should be approaching this class? You know, and, and try and be as like uh, like understanding and malleable and adaptable to all the other stuff going on in the world as possible. But at the same time, you know, sometimes you got to like in, instill a little bit more structure and not not discipline structure and, and really like it just kind of get keep the trains running on time on a certain in a certain way. Yeah. And, and so it's it to me is is a, a matter of really learning your students and learning your the group of people that you're with all the time. And I mean, 
it's frankly easier in a school setting because you see them every day. Like, yeah, you see them every day. And so sooner or later, you're just going to like figure it out. And they figure you out too. And so like, if you show up bullshit and like, you don't want to be there and like, you're feeling bad, they know. No, they can a hundred percent see it on you. They know. And they, they in return will be bullshit back. Yeah. No, you can't like, you can't be fake. Yeah. Cause I've seen teachers try and fail and like, you just, you cannot be fake. Yeah. And that's definitely something like, especially my non-educator friends, when they watch me interact with like, I call them my kids just because I have no other way to talk about it. Um, you know, like when, it, when I talk to my kids, they're always shocked because they're like, you're just talking to them. You're not like changing a whole lot about yourself. And it's like, yeah, like they, they're expecting me to like put on yes. some kind of teacher persona. persona. And it's like, no, yeah. they they smell that they smell yes. fear. 100%. They smell lies and, and they, yeah. they respond well to like being a genuine person. Yeah, just be honest. Yeah. I mean, my, my dad, who is one of my, uh, my, my dad, my dad, uh, shout out to my dad. He actually listens to the last one. I'm, I'm sure he'll listen to this one. Love you, dad. Um, he, can, can we get, can we get, can we get a name? Uh, Dr. Hawkins, doc Hawk, baby. Yeah. You are not the first. Uh, yes. Shout out to my dad. Um, who was actually one of my music education professors in college. Um, you know, he, he said this and it, it, it basically sort of laid the groundwork for everything I've said in the last five minutes about like being genuine and being honest. And, you know, I, I, it didn't really make any sense until like, you know, there's days when like everybody has bad days at work. Right. And so like, sometimes you kind of like have to feel like you're phoning it in, but you really can't like, you just can't do that. But what I have found is if you're just like honest and like kind of not necessarily say, Hey kids, I'm having a bad day. Like guys, I'm down bad. She didn't text me back and I have no tender matches. I listened to too much LCD sound system last night and I'm in a bad way. Week three going strong with the LCD sound system references. Ladies and gentlemen, we are on a streak. LCD sound system. Come on the pod. Come on the pod. So like, you know, you have a bad day and you're like, you know, maybe something's happening for you outside of the classroom and like in your personal life, because, you know, we're humans too. Right. And, and and you, you still have to, you know, get out there and, and pitch nine innings or whatever and like perform and do your thing. And, you know, it's not even so much that you have to say, Hey kids, sorry. You know, you're not getting the full fastball today, but you know, you, you just have to be honest with yourself and, and modify your expectations and, you know, not write off the day, but just kind of like do what you can do. And I think that as more teachers come from the age group that we are in, like the kind of millennial age group and younger, you know, those people who are maybe a little bit more emotionally intelligent, Zoomers. right. Then I think that you'll get more of that. And I've had people say the same thing to me about like how I interact with my students. Like it, I, there's no... There's no persona like, you know, maybe I'm a little bit more over the top, like I'm a little bit more extroverted than I would be normally. But like everything, <laughs> I mean, everything else is just like, like all my dumb jokes and weird bits. Like, like I, I could do a like a kid friendly version of this podcast and it would yeah, be the sure. same. It would be the same. Like we would we could talk about the same things. It would be like my vocabulary would be a little bit different. But yeah, like no, everything I mean, else is the yeah, same. Yeah, I mean, I, I dunk on the kids basically the same way that I like yeah. dunk on you. Yeah, I dunk, like, well, I'll dunk on them too. Like, yeah, exactly. You know? It's like if you if you do dumb shit. I'm going to say dumb things to you. It's just how it works. Yeah. Play but stupid like, games, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But it's, it's all, you know, it's all lighthearted and it's all in good fun. And they know that. And, That's you, the and you can't thing. just, yeah, you can't just come firing in dunking on whoever. <laughs> like you have to like establish a relationship. And so like to circle back to the movie, I know, I know, I know a movie podcast, you know, to circle back to the movie, like there's just no establishing of any relationships. Like, you know, the, the no. moment or at least not any positive ones. Like, no. you know, like he, he does, he, uh, Fletcher does like the classic, like crazy person slash psychopath. Like, you know, I'll be nice to you until I get what I want. 
want, and then I'll just be the worst person on earth to you. Like that's, you know, and that just doesn't work. I mean, you, you just can't, I mean, it all goes back to being genuine. You just can't like sell a version of yourself that you don't believe to people who have to believe you to like get anything done, you know, musically, educationally, whatever. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, do you play any jazz, Turner? I, I don't play a whole lot of jazz. I like jazz. You like jazz? You like jazz? Uh, yeah, thank you. I, I, play, I, I don't play any jazz. You know, I'm a, I'm a bassoonist by training. Um, if you don't know what that is, that's one thing you should Google, the bassoon, two S's, two O's. Uh, the, it's kind of like a donut, right? <laughs> it's like a donut. <laughs> that's, um, a, that's a comparison that I don't know if has ever been made. Uh, maybe not. Uh, first time you're hearing it here live first folks, but hard hitting journalism. I've got it. So my, like my degree is in, is in bassoon performance and music ed. You know, I played a little piano as a kid. Uh, you know, I, I kind of play a lot of, uh, the answer is no, I've, I don't really play any jazz. I've never been in a jazz band. It's just never been like on my, my radar. Uh, I wish I had. Sure. And so, I mean, the other thing that Fletcher talks about, which again, it's this movie kind of sticking its foot in like a little bit of ethnomusicology yeah. that it's not licensed at all no. to deal with. No. Is um, so Fletcher talks about this is why jazz is dying. Oh, and yes. I forgot about that line. I could do an entire podcast episode and I'm not even really well enough. First, like I've played in like some jazz combos and some big bands and stuff. And, uh, you know, I've studied a little bit of yeah. it. Um, you know, and then there's also a certain amount of osmosis you get, especially like when you sure. start learning tw- 20th century music, there's a lot of crossover. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you could do a whole episode on that sentence. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And, you know, so like we're, we're not going to do that now a full 40 minutes into a discussion on pedagogy, but, <laughs> um, you know, that is not why jazz is dying in a nutshell. It's not because you can't. <laughs> yell slurs at children that <laughs> yes. is not killing jazz no um yes. you've missed the point just simply so bad yeah maybe worse than anyone else ever has missed a point or at least pretty close it's it, like the meme where you have like the caveman pushing over the domino and it's like <laughs> yes. me not yelling slurs at children jazz go bye-bye yeah the like far enough down there yes. <laughs> yeah i think that uh yeah i mean i to kind of talk a little bit more like nuts and bolts about the music in this film I think yeah, that sure. uh, I think that well, so Caravan is like the main kind of centerpiece of the whole thing, right? It's a it's a tune from the '30s. Well, right. and then Whiplash as well, like the two right. that they call. But yeah, Caravan and Whiplash are the two two biggies. Yeah, so Caravan they're from very different eras. You know, uh, Caravan is a I think a Coltrane, um, and Coltrane like time for live fact checking. How how uh, how confident are you? I'm pretty confident. No, it's Duke Ellington. Dang it. So like I was saying, it's a Duke Ellington standard from the 30s, <laughs> and uh, and uh, it, it, it's it's been played by a lot of people. It's in the uh, I think it's in Ocean's Eleven, um, one of the versions. And uh, whoa! If you just Google Whiplash song, sorry, you're getting a peek behind the curtain here. Uh, Whiplash song. The first thing that comes up is Whiplash by Metallica off of the Kill 'Em All album. I assume that's not a cover so much as it is a. Uh, a different vibe entirely. But, uh, and then Whiplash is by um, somebody I don't know, but made famous by the Don Ellis band later in the, the 20th century in the, in the 70s, I think. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's also Don Ellis, by the way. Whew. Great, t- great, great band. Really modern kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. You well, check and that out. It's, it's funny because like Whiplash is more of like, I would call it in like a funk. 
Yeah. Closer, closer it's like to way like more funk adjacent. Kind yeah. Of stuff. Whereas uh, Caravan, you know, is like it's an Ellington tune. It's way more like, you know, classic jazz kind yeah. of deal. That's what we call a standard. Yeah. So. So I think that, that those two things, I mean, the recordings in the, in the mood, like all the, all the soundtracking, I mean, it won the Oscar for sound editing. Like, yeah, sure. it's just like incredible. Well, whoever you know, the, sorry, whoever the session player was yes. for this movie. Oh, especially like the that drum, solo. The drum player, yeah. That solo at the end, like I, I disparage it because narratively it's horrible, but like functionally until you get to the weird open, close open singles part, yes. it's re- <laughs> it's real good and it sounds real good. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Bernie Dressel is the guy's name. Bernie Sanders. Bernard straight John off. Dressel. Bernie Sanders straight from the, straight br- from the campaign trail. <laughs> yeah. Straight. Wait, no, this was 2014. Shit. <laughs> oh yeah, it was. But uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a legend. You know, he's won many Grammys. He's played with Gordon Goodwin and, He's uh, apparently got more than 60 uh, movie soundtrack and television credits. Uh, Simpsons, The Incredibles, uh, Super, oh, Super yeah, 8, yeah, yeah, yeah. Elf. It's <laughs> from Sharon, Pennsylvania. Man, that's a smorgasbord. <laughs> yeah. Find like one other thread <laughs> between all of those films. The Sopranos. Yeah. Definitely good. the missing piece there. Good but yeah, luck. no, he shreds. He absolutely shreds. Um, one of the, one of my favorite parts about the 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 rest of the the sound in the movie that isn't those two like pre composed uh, already existing uh, charts, Whiplash and Caravan, are the rest of what was written originally for the film, which kind of like imitates that sort of style. I, I'm trying to remember who it was. I think that the original stuff. Is by a guy the weekend Justin Hurwitz. I was close. Yeah. Well, the weekend's definitely a guy named Hurwitz for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, it, it's cool because like uh, it, it's written to sound like you're never not listening to a big band. Like that's and that's really cool. And I think it really kind of ties everything together. Even when there like there's no big band on screen. Like if we're at dinner with your parents or or whatever. Um, I think that it really like it just as someone as I've mentioned before on the last time I was on the show like I am in significantly influenced by what I'm hearing when I'm seeing something oh, yeah. like maybe more so than actually what I'm seeing itself and so like constantly reminding me orally a u r a l l y orally uh, that I'm watching a movie about a big band sort of at its core is yeah. is a big thing for me to just kind of frankly remember what it is we're actually doing here yeah and, and um, I think that that is it's really smart it's really well it's just really well done. It's not stuff you're going to listen to. Maybe like you're not going to sit down, throw on the whiplash original soundtrack and like bang out three pages on an essay or whatever. <laughs> but like, you know, it, when it comes to like being tailor made for the movie, I really think it's, it's one of the stronger points. Clearly the Academy agreed with me, but uh, you know, yeah. Who, I mean, who cares what they think? Right. It, <laughs> I mean, I've said as much fair on the show. Um, You know, it definitely, it keeps you in like a sonic world for sure. And, you know, there's there's a lot to be said for building like kind of this cohesive Mm -hmm. uh, unit that people get to live in um, orally as well as uh, visually. And to touch on the visual aspect of it just really quick. I mean, it's it's a pretty film. Yeah, it is. Like the cinematography is really good, especially like some of the they like the the lighting in a lot of the like really softer, warmer scenes is really good. Like the movie theater. Yep. The rehearsal room. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Especially because it's, it's such a contrast to what is actually happening. Yeah. Like that, the famous, the, maybe the scene from this movie everyone knows is the not my tempo, throwing a chair. Hitting him in the face. Hitting him in the face. <laughs> kind of scene. Yeah, yeah. And that, <laughs> you know, if he looked um, at him and just been like, oh, I think I'm dragging. Dragging these nuts <laughs> on your face. Hey, like Fletcher yeah. would have just turned into a pile of dust and the movie would have ended. No. <laughs> like, 
yeah. I've been vanquished. I've been, you figured out my weakness. No, but like while it's happening, you know, there's always like these super warm, like orangey kind of amber yeah, lights yeah, yeah, in the yeah. background that are just like it's it's a it's a it's a room that I want to like read in, not one where I imagine you know a bald man is going getting to throw a chair blasted. at me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, getting my ham slammed. Getting your ham slammed, <laughs> oh and so you know it's uh. Yeah, and so I mean, like it's like I said, it's it, it is very pretty, and then a lot of the shots like of him drumming are from some like very interesting and yeah. cool angles. Like they, it, it really feels like they sat down for a minute and were like, okay, like we're we're gonna be shooting somebody playing drums. Let's find like how do we want that to look, right? And how do we, you know, how do we mechanically make that happen? And it kind of it kind of influences the rest of the movie. Like it's yeah. almost a little bit like they decided how to shoot the drum scenes, which would make sense. And then they figured out the rest of the movie and it's like kind of got some of the same feel and some of the same angles and stuff. And like, you know, I'm again, I don't have a whole lot of like data to draw from, but I think that's really cool. And I think it makes frankly a whole lot of sense when you're doing a movie that at its core is about one guy playing the drums for 10 minutes. Like that's yeah. really what the movie is about. And so it would make sense that you would use that kind of attention to detail and kind of base the whole thing around that. Yeah. Yeah. And so the the one cardinal lie, you know, to kind of to kind of bring this to a point, the one cardinal lie that the film says that I just it really broke my disbelief, my suspension of disbelief instantly. A uh, a jazz studies student asked a girl out and got a date on the first try. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Brutal, absolutely brutal. I mean, you could open that up to just say a music student, yeah, because like let's we're nerds. Like we're, we're nerds. We're, you're you're going to ask out another music person nine yeah, times out of ten. Yeah, because they're like in the in the practice. They're in the practice room. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, hey, your your Lydian scales are pretty neat. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, love your love your technique on those hand and exercises. Yeah, I could. Uh, <laughs> we'll stop there. To just not drive. Next off episode all the is music pickup lines. <laughs> Our favorite technique books. There, there's a like the amount of low hanging fruit in that vein as someone who's oh, been around, God. especially when you're trying to. OK, so this is a sidebar when you're trying to teach someone. What? No, we have to stay on topic. <laughs> you know, the, the, the branding for this podcast is all non, you know, all just very focused, dialogue. tightly edited, linear. Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, so when you're teaching percussion, especially like with sticks and like the way you hold it and stuff, especially when you're dealing with high schoolers, you have to be really careful yes. how you talk about different yes. things, because like you will talk about describing basically giving a hand job at some point. And you have to be really careful with that. Cause yeah. when you have a bunch of 16 year olds in front of you, they will laugh They will, laugh. and you will not be able to pull it back. I mean, I'd imagine it's the same thing when you're talking about like, you know, putting things in your mouth. Sure. And, the the one know. that really gets me more often than anyone is, is there some mathematical formula where if you're, if you're trying to work on a piece of music in, in four, four time that goes to three, four and back, you're gonna end up with like a rehearsal box, sixty nine, sixty nine, yep. and you just like, and so it's been like one of my big things as a teacher is, you know, for a while there I was trying to avoid it. I would say like, oh, the, you know, like we'll start in weird bar before places, seventy, bar before seventy, whatever, and but like that just fuels them because the kids aren't stupid, and so like that just <laughs> fuels them, like they know what you're doing, and so at a certain point you have to realize that your part of your power as a teacher is being able to take things that kids think are cool. And instantly making them deeply uncool if you really want to. <laughs> and so for me, that looks like just completely like maybe doing it too much. Where I'll, like we don't actually need to rehearse the section at 69. I'm just going to start there because I need to 
desensitize you to the fact that the numbers go different ways. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm just going to over, like, just whack you metaphorically over the head with it until you just can't possibly. So what you're saying anymore. is I should make teaching about sticks more sexual <laughs> until it's not just, what I'm saying. <laughs> until it's just normal for everybody. I can see where the logical end of this is bad. So I will, I will stop here. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I just, I had to mention it because we were, we were talking about mm-hmm. something. Music pickup lines. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. So, I mean, in percussion, they do abound. They do. Um, they do abound. They do abound. Uh, do also, like the that. prominent use of the word fingering. Just uncomfortable. Yeah. Wish we is. had a better way to talk about it. I wish about. we did too. Technique doesn't really do it. Like No, like, the we need to talk about the way you're pushing the buttons, but fingering is not the best word for that. Yeah. There should be... It feels like we, as a like a like a like a linguistic <laughs> culture, you know, for all the evolution that English does, haven't really figured that one out yet, have we? Uh, nope. Yeah. Oh well. I'll and then get... when I laugh, I'm the child. Yeah. 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 <laughs> double. St- yes. Yes. Double standards. Like, oh, okay. I can't like chuckle at the number sixty-nine every once in a while. Yeah. It's still funny. It, oh, it is. Oh, deeply. I mean, I made a sixty-nine joke literally like on this episode. You can go yeah. back and listen to it, but. You know, it is what it is, and uh, and it's funny. Like the, the 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 evolution of humor goes so fast now. So like with high school kids, high school students, because of things like TikTok and, and stuff like that. Where this is not a the kids they can't pay attention. That's not what this is because you know TikTok rules. Frankly, yeah. No, there's some bangers on there. And but like it really does influence the way that like students right now are consuming culture, or even adults honestly are consuming culture and the way that the trends develop. And again, we could do like a whole season about this. But the upshot for for our purposes here is that like it's really hard to keep up. Like you have to kind of put in some work to just understand like most of the things that the students yeah. are trying to say that is not like your shared musical language, right? Like trying, yeah. like understanding, you know, first it was Vine and now it's like TikTok. And so it's just like, yeah. what is a TikTok dance? Who's to say? I mean, so that that element of TikTok, I'm not interested in and will never keep up with it. I only know it in as much as I can talk about hitting a woe or doing the renegade and make all of my kids cringe really hard. But I cannot actually do. I, I mean, like I could. Sure. No, but. You're not um, going to break one out for me right now? Nope. <laughs> In the yeah. visual medium that is podcasting, I want everyone to imagine me doing the WAP dance. Oh, Thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the thing, this is a perfect example literally yesterday, is the sheesh. Sheesh. I do not know what that's from. I know it's a TikTok thing. I know that they do it. I don't really know what it means. Um, but I know that my kids say it like every All other word yep. in the last 96 hours, basically. So. The other one that's coming up a lot right now is like no shot. People are saying no shot a lot, and I don't know why. Huh. There's just like these little like verbal ticks, yeah. basically, that just kind of absolutely sweep through in ways that it's faster than it was when we yeah. went to school. Because yes, I remember I remember when like the dance, like move it like Bernie came out when I was in high school. And so like everybody did that for like two full months. Yeah. That was the jam. Or like when Harlem Shake came out. Oh, the Harlem like, Shake. Wow. So first of all, what a freaking time that yeah. was in America. Fever when dream. Just, I don't know why that was the way it was, but 
you know, that was a thing for like months. But now, you know, like something comes through and it is a flash in the pan. Yeah. Gone in an instant. And that's not a bad thing. Like, it's cool. We move through a lot of content and people are very, you know, like quick to move on and stuff. It's very creative and innovative. Yeah. But, you know, like it's definitely an adjustment in pace from, you know, I just I imagine that a hundred years ago, a meme lasted a lifetime <laughs> like you said something funny and that's just who you, just you get were to ride that bad boy into the sunset like yeah 30 years there's a like a genre of tweet not to continue to just talk about other content for content but that's kind of all we do here isn't it that is in fact the daily brain bleed we're but uh, on a t-shirt <laughs> the uh i'll take my royalty check in the mail um but the i saw t- uh, like a series of tweets that's like imagine your girl just broke up with you it's like 1886 Schubert just dropped a new banger. You're crying at the <laughs> at the concert hall. And it's like, yeah, that's like kind of the difference. It's like those kinds of things that, you know, to kind of tie it back to music are things that still get performed. And like we're still trying to replicate the emotional impact of sure. over a century, two, three, four centuries later, more even in some instances. But like, you know, you get one reference and you, you have a good TikTok that quote goes viral. Okay, well, congrats what have you done for me lately? You know, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. and so the, the, the content generation, it just, the whole cycle, the life cycle of a piece of content of a meme just, just is so it, ever shortening. I'll say it that way. You know, and until we eventually it's so fast that it's just singularity. And then we return to tradition where you make a joke and just 30 years of just good times. And so someday in the future, Jeff and I will record one podcast and we'll put it on floppy disks and that that'll I'll just ride that for the for the rest of my days. Here no, it's just year. ones and zeros. You're going to have to like <laughs> interpret, you have to it interpret yourself. binary. Yeah. yeah, perfect. Um, So whiplash. <laughs> so the, the, the moral of the story here is whiplash. Good movie. Bad teaching. Um, Great sound. Not horribly accurate about music great and great individual performances i mean in some ways it really is a a pretty perfect encapsulation of like a concert like not everything goes great some of it's awesome some of it's maybe not what you wanted but sometimes uh, a train pulls by at full volume while you're trying (laughs) to play granger and you just have to live with that you know yeah yeah Um, and and, you know and i think in that way like it's it's kind of a nice it's kind of a nice representation of of the whole the whole thing it's not perfect it is good there are parts of it that are better than others you should watch it you yeah give it give it a watch and if if you're sitting there watching it and like, wow, that reminds me a lot of, you know, yeah, <laughs> you've you've been there, you and, have been there. you know, which of us hasn't? So truly, I uh, I, th- I think that'll about do it for us this week. Um, that's a a an in depth discussion on Whiplash and then just a a bunch of other things with uh, with my friend Turner who's leaving, and we're we're gonna miss you, man. Hey, thanks, bud. I'm I'm sure I'll be back at some point. You know, if if for no other reason than I have to continue to torment the the fine listeners of this podcast. <laughs> well, by the time you come back, there will probably be five of them. So, <laughs> well, I'm shout sure, out to I'm the sure real they ones. look forward to it. <laughs> the day ones. Um, my name is Jeff. My name is Turner. Have a good week.